Hello, this is Michael Zuber, and I wanted to thank you for choosing to spend a little time with One Rental at a Time. My life's mission is to help investors close 1 million rental properties. In order to tackle this crazy goal, I will need your help. If you like this episode or any of the content we produce, please share it on social media. If you get one of my books or perhaps one of our 500 cards, please take a selfie and tag One Rental at a Time. Now on with the show. A lot of you, including myself, really look forward to this session we have with Millennial Mike. This is the one where he scours the channel, looks for the spicy, looks for the interesting and requires more in-depth, and occasionally he finds a nice, pleasant comment. But I got to tell you, he does skew towards the spicy, but that's okay. I like him. You like him. Let's see what he's got this week. How you doing, buddy? I'm good. I'm good. Always excited to be here. We do have some good questions this week. Uh, on your other channel, the Daily Financial News, you had a couple of good comments over there. So if people remember, they can comment on this channel or some of the other channels. I do scour the contents everywhere, trying to find good questions, trying to find people who are angry the crash hasn't happened, still beating <laughs> their head against the wall, waiting for it to happen. And I'm sure years from now when we do this segment, we'll look back and say, ah, yes, here they are again. Uh, but <laughs> here they are still, still. Here they are yeah, Exactly, still. exactly. Uh, we're going to start with uh, the recession that's absolutely coming. So this is from uh, Stephen Aris, 5049. He says, the pain is not over yet. We're in a cycle and we're entering a 2007 environment. And then Inca Warrior 5470 says, I think it is so difficult for us not to enter a meaningful recession now that we're seeing price reductions across the economy. Just think of all the forecast and business models that companies made assuming higher and higher prices. What happens when those models don't come true? So those were two different comments, right? Right. They, they were. There right. were two comments. Yeah. So let's take the first one first. Um, hopefully, if people watch my channel, they know that uh, I believe a recession is coming. I also know with certainty a recession is coming. The question is when? Right. Historically speaking, as someone who's studied the economy for 30 plus years now, recessions come about every eight years or so. We are 12 years into this, so we are due. There is no question a recession is coming. In fact, I'm calling one Q1, Q2, short and shallow. On the first comment, to say we are headed back to 07 is to be misinformed and not understand that this time is different. There are a lot of people that believe this time has to be like last time. Folks, as somebody who studied depressions, recessions, back to the 1800s for his college degree, I can tell you with certainty that 07 was a very unique animal. It was uh, bad lending, bad product, lots of leverage, uh, bad loans, lots and lots of bad things compounded uh, by you know, greed. I think we'll have a recession. In fact, I'm calling one. But to sit here and say it's going to be 07 is, it's, it's, I guess it's possible. Nothing is impossible, I guess, when you think of this. But it is, it is a tail, like five deviation tail risk. Um, now to the second one, uh, Inca Warrior, I think it was. Yep. Um, that's, there's a lot in that comment that I think a lot of people will miss that's subtle but important. I think he's right. 
I think we are starting to see companies um, lower prices, aka deflation. Uh, I do think there are some business models that relied on uh, higher prices. It is my belief that these companies are choosing to eat margin and they're not going negative, right? Instead of having a 21% margin, they're having 17. Um, so again, I also think and have said that inflation is falling faster than people expect. I think we'll be below 2% by June. I do not think we have deflation, like true deflation coming. There are plenty of companies that will go out of business. In fact, we just saw one last week, or maybe it was a week before, that was valued at $2.5 billion called Bird. It was an electronic scooter company. There will be plenty of companies who have never made money that will go out of business. Net, net, that's a good thing. It's a poor allocation of capital uh, to invest in businesses, uh, to invest in um, commercial properties. There was a commercial property in San Francisco I haven't talked about yet. Uh, these are all from memory, but I think it was sold for $480 million in like 2016. It just sold for 45% less this week. That's Ouch. an office building. I think it's called Aon, Aon office building. Um, there's a lot of pain coming and there's a lot of LPs. There's a lot of people going to lose a lot of money. Uh, but I don't think we have a deflationary cycle. So um, this inflation, yeah, deflation, I don't see it. But I guess we'll find out. Well, uh, interesting. We have some branch off topics that are going to come in some of the further questions on some topics that you just covered. But why don't we start with something you said that got a lot of people riled up. Oh, uh, so about the Fed behaving differently. So ah. Professor, Professor 8795, he says, this time is different. He's quoting you guys from a video, Three Amigos video. Famous last words. The Fed doesn't cut rates unless something bad is happening. There is a guaranteed crash next year. Look at all the data that the crash bros that he named by name are posting, yeah. plus the crash bros doing boots on the ground reports. And then one other comment on the same topic comes from Dawson313. He says, Fed never cuts rate when inflation cools down. Am I mistaken? To which you admitted you're on an island with this call. So, Mike, explain yourself. Well, first and foremost, I am super glad you did not read off those Crash Bro names. They, they are not to be mentioned ever on this channel. Uh, but if you're going to quote Crash Bros as some kind of expert resource, uh, you're not well, very well informed. You probably found their channel in the last six months. You are enamored by their pretty charts with pretty colors that only report half or partial information. They have been wrong for four plus years. They delete videos when they are wrong. To quote a crash bro as an as a expert is insulting. They own nothing. The only thing they are good at is spinning up fear and causing people to do nothing. So I'll say no more. Second. To guarantee a crash next year is to guarantee one in 2020 and 2021 and 2022. It is possible, but highly unlikely. Um, to the end of that comment, you're absolutely right. You are absolutely right. And I believe I said in my response, I am on an island. I believe and we will know sometime between March and May if I am right. 
I think there is a very, very good chance we do not see a recession, at least a meaningful one. We do not see a spike in unemployment. We do not have something bad and the Fed cuts. I have been studying the Fed for 30 plus years, and I believe this time is different. Yes, very dangerous words, something I thought I would personally never say. I believe in history. I created a 53-year spreadsheet, which showed me that housing wouldn't crash. It'd be transactions, not price. I believe in history. I believe we are going through something unique. We are coming off $9 trillion or whatever the hell the number was in printed money. Our M2 money supply spiked astronomical. It is coming down. And yes, it's coming down the first time since the Great Depression. But it ain't negative, people. Zoom out. It's just down from stupid levels. And I do think the Fed's going to cut. I think the Fed could cut two or three times. I think looking for five or six is aggressive. But yeah, we'll find out. And I will, without question, as I always do, admit I'm wrong. But all the haters and the crash bros will simply delete their videos and never admit they're wrong when I am proven right yet again. Just how we roll on this channel. And on that day, we will be wearing the Swing and a Miss t-shirt. Of course, always. <laughs> uh, but I do have a question for you because you and I have chatted about inflation. We've had this conversation a number of times. We've also talked about Milton Friedman. We've looked at historical data from the 70s. And one of the things that a video reacted to probably six, seven months ago when Milton Friedman was talking about inflation in the 70s is that it became a problem for the decade. It kind of went away, then it came back, then it went away. If they cut rates, if the Fed cuts rates next year, like you think they will, are they setting themselves up to have a double dip inflation? Well, it would it would be kind of a, yeah, it'd be a spike, basically a re a reigniting, a double peak, right? It'd be a, <laughs> so this is, this is why I think there's two or three cuts, not six. I think they're going to tinker on the edges. I do not think they want to be 400 basis points restrictive. I think they're comfortable between 200 and 250. Right. That is my belief that I'm betting on. That is the thing right there. The Fed will not go above 250 basis points restrictive. Mm -hmm. If inflation falls to one and a half and they're at five and a half, that's 400 basis points. I don't think they'll do that. I think they'll tinker. Now, will they whack six times? I don't think they do that in 2024. I think they do three times, probably by June, maybe May or a little bit after, and then they do nothing. I don't think the Fed will cut September, October, November because of the election. I do not think they want to be seen as helping one party or the other is my belief. A lot of people think Jerome Powell is in Biden's pocket. He's he's a lifelong Republican, folks. I mean, seriously, a lifelong Republican. Um, so I don't see that happening, but maybe. Um, so yeah, it's it, I'm on an island. I will celebrate like nobody's business if I'm right, and I'll admit I'm wrong. Unlike mm -hmm. the crash bros and the haters who will just conveniently forget forget what they said, because I have comments saved from years ago. You clowns calling me bad names. You were wrong. I was right. Uh, well, you know, a couple topics there to branch off on. Uh, number one, just because someone's a lifelong Republican. I don't I think there's a lot of those lifelong Republicans who don't like the current Republican 
presidential front runner. So, <laughs> but, well, we were talking about the Fed in that context. You're right. You're right. Um, when it comes to uh, the political aspect of what's going on, I've seen a lot of people in the comments saying that they think that they were agreeing with you that maybe the Fed will cut. It will be different this time, but there would be potentially a political motivation behind it with yeah, an upcoming think, election. So you think I, they want to not be seen as being political, but do you think there's any validity in that claim that it will be political? Um, so I've seen the talk track. I think everything is spun politically this days. I think everything is spun to get one side or the other or both upset. I think people do that on purpose. I've studied the Fed for the better part of 50 years. And again, I only can communicate historically what has happened. Historically speaking, in election years, the Fed does not make a move up or down the last four months of the year. Could this time be different? Sure. But earlier, you guys were upset when I said this time is different. And now I'm saying, telling you what history says, and you want it your way. I mean, you can't have it both ways. So I don't understand. So again, <laughs> maybe it happens. Historically, it doesn't. All right. Well, we should move on to a different topic because we could just argue back and forth and learn more about this forever. Uh, so these are these are a couple of new investor questions. It's always good. You've been doing your your interviews with brand new real estate investors. This was an idea. I, I, hope, that, I hope you've watched those because I try to give you a shout out every time. And I have another yes. one in about 45 minutes. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. And this was a this was a segment where we had decided that it was important in order to stay as educated as you can about the struggles that new investors or new wannabe investors are going through, it was a good idea to interview people who had started within the last three years because over time, the challenges of someone starting in 2002 versus 2010 versus 2018 are different. And so that's where that segment comes from. But we do have a couple of new investor questions. This one comes from Paul underscore Devos. He says, what's the general percent needed for a down payment to buy a rental property? Do you have any coursework or classes for this or any other recommendations? So it really depends how you want to tackle investing. A lot of the new investors in the new investor series, which I think we're up to 12, and I think I have five more scheduled. Again, folks, if you are one of these new investors getting started in the last three years, DM me or Millennium Mike on Instagram, or you can go to my website, onerentalatatime.com and email me there. I would love to do a hundred of these in 2024. Um, that said, if you're going to house hack, you can get in for three and a half to 5% down, which I think over half of the new investors did. Mm -hmm. If you're going to get a standard, uh, rental property, you can get in for 20%. In today's lending environment, it is far better to do 25. The Delta on interest rate is significant. Uh, so today house hack three and a half to five. Uh, investment loan. If you can, I would recommend 25. The interest, the the interest rate change is pretty significant. So when it comes to house hacking, uh, <laughs> I don't know if you saw this. I know you're real busy. I released probably one of my. I think it might be my best YouTube video I've ever done in terms of how quickly it got views. So I decided to take on Dave Ramsey, who is anti house hacking. And I did a deep dive on his channel, pulling clips and videos from years worth of stuff of him talking about house hacking. And then I just ripped it apart because like you, I agree, it's the best way to get started investing in real estate. So uh, if people are interested in that video, maybe I'll put the link for it down in the description below. Absolutely. House hacking is how you should get started. Another new question. This one comes from Par Office. 
He says, I wish I knew what rental property to buy. I have a condo right now, it rent approved, and I owe a small amount on it. Could be my first good rental, but HOA fees are ultra, ultra high. Any advice, Mike? Yeah, you got to watch HOAs. They're kind of, uh, you know, they only go up, uh, which is, uh, which is, which really consumes cash flow. Um, you know, again, it sounds like he owns a low, low balance, maybe recast the loan as an owner awk, which is something you could do, get the best rate, lower it even more. Um, you know, again, you'd have to look at everybody's situation is unique. Uh, you could get an equity line, you could sell it and move. Um, I have one property that has an HOA on it. I bought it for basically land value. I still have it. And yes, HOA has gone up every month. So his rent. Uh, thus far, my experience with that property, which was bought right, rent goes up by more than the HOA. So I'm still a little bit ahead each year. Um, I'm not a huge fan. Lots of rules, rules change, fees change. But hey, if the numbers work, the numbers work. Yeah, I only have two hard and fast rules and it's uh, I won't buy anything on septic and I won't buy anything with an HOA. <laughs> I just won't do it. Uh, the only exception I might make is when I personally decide to buy a condo on the Miami beach, it's going to be in an HOA. You can't avoid it. And will I only be there part of the year and short-term rental at the other part of the year? Yes, but that will be the only exception because I want to live there. <laughs> there you go. I like it. All right. Another very controversial topic that crash bros have talked about many times that I've talked about and that's monthly payment versus purchase price. So this question comes from a wonderful name, Farticus McButt. Sounds like a Dr. Seuss name. He says, I only, he's quoting you, I only care about the payment, not the asset price. Might be the dumbest thing I've ever heard an investor say. Mike, can you explain yourself? So I don't know which video that came from. Um, you know, I just believe taking... it was Three Amigos. It was three amigos you guys were chatting about. Uh, so actually, I think that was Lumberjack's comment. I don't think it was mine. But I remember him saying that going, ooh, that's not going to play well. <laughs> that's not going to be good. I don't think I would have phrased it that way. Uh, so I agree. I don't remember this guy's name. Uh, that that was really a off-the-cuff statement. I think where the Lumberjack was going in context was around seller financing. And I've shared this many times. There was a house I bought many years ago that I thought was worth 100 and I paid 120 or 125 for it. Why did I do that? Because I got a, a zero or I think it was 1% loan. 30 years, fully amortized, no prepay. So I was willing to overpay. So that was the context of the quote. But yes, I mean, it, taken out of context in general, yeah, that's, that's, you really need this second level conversation. Of course, we care about asset price, but I care about terms more. I can get great terms and overpay uh, was the context of that. So yeah, that was definitely not my comment. That was uh, the Lumberjacks comment, but I remember it. I remember because I go, oh, we're going to get some hate because of that comment. <laughs> uh, okay, uh, final question, final topic. And that is we've talked about inflation, but what about deflation? It's a different concept. People don't understand it completely. So from at 1,000 miles to paradise, he asks, I feel like deflation is a good thing for the average Joe like me, or am I mistaken? If inflation makes my $1 less powerful, then deflation would make my $1 more powerful. What's wrong with that? I'm really glad you chose this question because this is an important concept. Deflation in the short term 
let's define short term as six months or less, is awesome for consumers. Awesome. A deflationary cycle that goes on for, say, two to eight quarters is horribly bad for consumers. Because what happens in a deflationary cycle? Companies sell stuff for less. Their margins go down, ultimately going negative. How do companies address that? They fire people, which causes consumers to buy less, which causes them to spend less. Which It just causes a very negative feedback loop. The Fed is deathly afraid of long-term deflation, long-term economy-wide deflation. We will, of course, have technology that brings deflation to certain segments. We will have certain areas that have deflationary moments. But an economic cycle like the Great Depression, where deflation was going on for five or six years, is kind of a worst-case scenario because the feedback loop just builds and builds and builds on itself. Unemployment grinds higher. Nothing gets, oh, it's just, it's ugly long-term. In the short term, it's amazing. We had a we had a we had a quarter of deflation, a two quarters, probably okay. But anything longer than that really starts to get ugly, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, I just always think about the fact that the most powerful thing with real estate is that you lock in your purchase price and your monthly payment, and you end up over the next thirty years paying off that debt. With, with dollars that were easier and easier to acquire. It gets easier and easier and easier to pay your debt off as time goes on. If you had a long-term deflationary cycle, the opposite would be true. And that would not feel good for most people. <laughs> no, it's, it is an interesting concept because Danielle DiMartino Booth, somebody who I respect and who, who's a top you know, Fed go-to person. I've had her on the channel once before. Um, she's actually talking about 2024 being a deflationary period. I want to kind of play that out to wrap this up because I think the Fed is so scared that if a deflationary cycle happened and they feared it would continue, they would take rates to zero immediately. They would create brand new asset programs. The federal government would send $1,400 checks to people. People don't remember this. I think it was the dot-com crisis. Somebody who's you know old like me, you can remind me, but I want to remember – I want to say it was George Bush the second. He sent everybody 600 bucks after 9-11 and said, go shopping. That was a stimmy I, check. Said, go I shopping. can't remind you that one, Mike. I was 10. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You didn't qualify. You didn't pay taxes. <laughs> yeah, but no, I, I think that happened. Uh, and, and his message was, enjoy, go shopping, because they were afraid the economy would, would crater. Uh, the the federal government would send people money. And maybe that's what people want. I don't know. But that didn't work out last time. So I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, I definitely think people are always going to have their hand out for more stimulus checks because they will just take the money and then blame everybody else for the inflation that comes and have that's no accountability. So, uh, Mike, those were all the questions that I had for you on the segment. We do have a video we're going to react to. We actually do have another video we're going to do with more questions on a different topic. So for people who want to watch that, they can just check those videos out. Awesome, buddy. I appreciate you. Again, thank you for doing this all year. You are amazing. I look forward to seeing you in Vegas as well. Thanks, buddy.